With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Football Fanalytics podcast in association with 23. This is the show that combines our love of football and very average Sunday league playing experiences with our knowledge of football statistics and data analytics. Happy New Year, everyone. We are back. My name's Ryan Bailey and joining me, as always, it's Mark Carey. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Many, many returns, Many returns. Many returns of a new year. Uh, how are you doing? You okay? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, no, um, it's very exciting to be back, isn't it? It's been a little while. It's been a little while. We've both been busy. We've both been uh, getting our other respective jobs completed for the year. Um, and we're back with a bang, hopefully. And uh, hopefully we can have a bit more of a regular weekly episode as we as we did before. I do miss it, Mark. When we're not doing it every week, I do miss it. I, I sort of feel like I'm... I feel like I've got nowhere to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well... Not to talk to. There's only you to talk to normally. I was so. going to say, it's also, <laughs> we are friends as well, Ryan. We do talk outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, how, was your, how was your festive period? It was good. Good, thank you, mate. I think this this whole global climate is strange enough, so it was good to uh, to see the family. I think that was the main thing, and hopefully everyone, all the listeners have been able to see their loved ones as well but yeah but, but my family live in Liverpool so I still managed to I know that crowds aren't allowed in the stadium anymore but I managed to uh, just go on a Christmas walk to um, about 15 minutes from the Liverpool training ground so <laughs> I wanted to see the new one because they've, they've only recently moved into the new training ground yes um, so I thought it was a really nice day it's I mean it's kind of on an industrial estate as well so it wasn't exactly a pleasant countryside view per se but uh we basically just walked alongside it and just looked at the pictures and it's it's obviously locked up and very secure but it was good to see the new training ground right next to of course the uh, the liverpool academy it's all on one site now so i thought i'd make the most of that during the christmas period start the new year off as you intend to go on and let's not pretend i mean i know you said it's 15 minutes from the house but even if it was three hours you and your dad still would have made a trek probably I'd to find a way to see the new base find a way yeah, either way my favorite christmas 
football pastime happened as it does every couple of years or so. Mr. Allardyce is back in the job. Congratulations, Mr. Allardyce. <laughs> Welcome back. It, well, Slavon Bilic would be, is that right? He'd be the first casualty of, of the Premier League season. Would that be right? I think so. And do you reckon just Big Sam is constantly, when it, whenever it gets to sort of late November, he, uh, he must be just sort of thinking any minute now. Well, any minute now I think it was the longest he'd been out of the game which I forget how long it was but he said that he was kind of full of energy and waiting to to get back to it but yeah yeah it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be the Premier League unless we had the same old <laughs> wheeling out the same <laughs> old uh, managers either way but I do think it's quite interesting in terms of obviously West Brom were doing okay they got well, Slavin and Bilic got the sack just after that draw uh, Man City. against Man City which you'd think one single result isn't going to keep him in the job but I just think it's interesting that they're not basically as low down the league as Sheffield United for example mm. um, Sheffield United is struggling but they do have a bit of an identity Chris Wilder's obviously co- goes hand in hand with Sheffield United that yeah. it doesn't look like they're going to even consider you know firing Chris, Chris Wilder but why is it that West Brom are fully willing to, to sack Billich is it because his his style of play isn't suited or they feel that they just obviously just want to stay in the league first and foremost. So it's interesting that a, a team which isn't maybe doing as badly as others still, you know, the manager still gets the chop. I guess Chris Wilder probably has uh, credit in the bank, doesn't he, still yeah. from last season, which it'd be interesting to know how long that will last going into 2021. True. And I've, I've seen people speak about it that some Sheffield United fans have potentially resigned themselves to the fact that they might be going down and maybe now Chris Wilder just needs to prepare for the next season, which is crazy to think. Like, I think they could, yeah. uh, considering how well they did last year, which I know is a bit of a, an anomaly, I still think they could do a job to get out of it. They've still got some good players. So um, you're right. He, I think he does have credit in the bank and he is, as I say, synonymous with Sheffield United. He's a, he's a local manager as well. So maybe that plays into it as well. But yeah, good to see Sam, big Sam back. Absolutely. And every January is obviously better when we see Big Sam back in the job for one reason or another. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, January and the new year, should we uh, should we set ourselves a, uh, a New Year's resolution for the podcast? Or maybe a couple, but I think we should aim big this year, you know, second year in the job. Second year in the job, yeah. Hopefully we won't get the sack ourselves. Um, <laughs> okay. We line it up replacements for co-hosts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the main one, maybe in a general resolution for us all, is to not really look beyond probably two weeks in advance because every, <laughs> everything changes on a if not two weekly basis then a weekly basis so we probably need to taper that a little bit that life and the world might get in the way a little bit but new year's resolutions for the pod um well speaking of managers i'd like to get uh, a current or former manager or a coach on oh that's a good shout because i wouldn't that be interesting to also see how the use of data and analytics has certainly changed in the modern world and maybe if it was a, a former manager how they maybe dealt with things previously like if we got harry redknapp on i mean that would be quite oh. a quick one on the analytics front because he just probably call it set a your sights big mark wow <laughs> set your sights big my friend i mean yeah i think you're right we've you know we've obviously had some fantastic guests on uh it, it, last year on the podcast um you know from the technical staff side of things yeah, the coaching staff so it'd be fantastic to to see the manager's point of view and why stop there mark why don't we uh why don't we have a player imagine if we've got a, a a premier league or ex-premier league footballer on the football analytics podcast i think that would be we might as well that we could retire then probably if, if that happened absolutely yeah and I, again i think there's there's so much scope to do different things because if we got a current player they, they are more accepting of analytics and data now because it's just part of their 
their career, but maybe speaking to a former player as well, you could see either how different it was when they were playing or yeah. how much it even progressed during their career from start to finish because you've got that whole scope. So that would be another good one. Yeah, former player, former manager or current player, current manager. Um, we obviously want more listeners. We always want more listeners. We're greedy. Absolutely. You know, we want to get as many people subscribing, listening as possible. The sort of numbers in the recent weeks and months have been rising really nicely so it's so uh it's so great to have so many people supporting the podcast so we hope that keeps building and i think we should set an episode target mark i think let's go bold this is episode number 20 let's aim for 50 so so be on episode 50 this time next year or 50 more i think if we have surpassed episode 50 by january next year i think we'll have we'll have had a good innings there i think for 2021 i like that and it's funny actually when you said that of 50 i was thinking about cricket as well we should you know at least take our helmet off or something and just like <laughs> take our headphones off just, yeah, take our headphones off and just wave to the crowd basically our bedroom walls <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll wave to my ryan giggs poster on the wall cheers yeah. giggsy uh right that's it then right we'll try and get a manager on the pod a player on the pod and 50 episodes by january next year right enough about that should we should we get cracking yeah let's get back to it Okay then, let's get stuck right in, Mark. So, as early in the episode you alluded to, we uh, obviously have been quite busy of late, haven't released too many episodes before the festive period, um, and you've been doing quite an exciting project on the side, which is one of those reasons, wasn't it, Mark? So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Yeah, well, it's it's a football-related project, you'll be pleased to know. Um, but Always good for this podcast. Always good for this podcast. But uh, yeah, no, I've been... Um, I've had the pleasure of, of working alongside a, um, a championship club who will remain nameless, Ryan, before you ask me the name of them. Um, <laughs> the Faceless Club. The Faceless Club. The, uh, yeah, a championship club. Um, and just doing a bit of kind of exploratory research, a bit of exploratory uh, analysis to, to look to see if I can help them with their recruitment strategy. Um, so I've been working working with them for a number of months now um, to, to look into that. And we finally finished just before just before Christmas. So um, a bit more free in my time now, but um, really enjoyed spending spending a bit of time working with them and, and learning a lot from that. First of all, that's absolutely class, by the way, that you've been working with a, uh, a real championship club. So congratulations for that. I mean, you know, that's half of what we say all the time is how we try and relate everything we're talking about to actually applying it to within a club and to winning football matches, aren't we? So the fact that you've been actually working on that is, uh, you know, is, is really, really cool. So tell us a little bit about exactly what it is that the project was yeah well the first thing i say as well is um, we'll put it in the the link in the bio is that i've written up a, a short blog for people to to have a read of um which outlines exactly what we did with with the permission of the club as well um but essentially what we did was look to see whether we can better understand what the change in a player's performance metrics so again you're talking goals assists and passes all of those sorts of things how they those metrics might change when a player goes from from one league to another um and that's important right in terms of thinking about recruitment especially now more than ever you want to make sure that you get your recruitment right like in the global climate where money is so so tight in all football clubs and in across the world you want to make sure and you want to make sure anyway that your recruitment is um is shrewd and going to be Correct, and the player that you sign is going to be a good fit for your club and, and for the league. It feels like bad recruitment in recent years especially becomes way more obvious, doesn't it? When when a, when a someone doesn't fit or when it hasn't been well thought out, it, it, it sort of seems like it screams in your face now because, because people don't get the chance 
as much anymore, do they, to have time to adapt and all that sort of stuff. So it feels like it's, to me, from an outsider's point of view, it's ever ever more important than it was to, to get that bit right. Yeah, and I think that's probably the age of social media as well. That unless someone scores on their debut or is man of the match mm-hmm. on their debut, then they're deemed a flop and you gotta, you're got playing yeah. catch-up from then on in. And we've spoken before about transfer uh, fees and how that uh, uh, weight on your shoulders and things like that. So, And yeah, simply from a financial perspective, you just want to get it right for the club first time. So yeah, just, just looking at a more objective way, a more of a measurable way to, to maybe map what a player, what you would expect a player's change in their performance would be going from either a weaker to a stronger league a stronger league to a weaker league or a different style type of league um, and look to kind of just underpin it more more objectively um, to see whether you can get you know something of, a, of an edge and a clearer indication of what that player is going to do um, so that was the crux of it amazing I mean immediately as you were saying that my my mind was uh, going back to Timo Werner a few weeks back you know, one of the big examples of a huge transfer uh, coming across from the Bundesliga and, and the amount of comments made about, you know, which I like about him because of his honesty, but, you know, the sort of the physicality, the size of the defenders, you know, all that sort of stuff. It, it just shows that it's just not as simple as it as transferring from one league to another, even if you're deemed to be a, a decent player. Yeah, and these these things take time. And I think this is where, and we'll come on to it, where there's there's so many factors at play here. And we've I'll go into it in terms of the analysis, but there's there's a whole multitude of different factors that it could be even just getting settled in the country, which you can't mm. really quantify, but just learning the language, all these different things. So as many well. players don't though, do they? So many players don't settle with their home surroundings. Di Maria, for instance, you know, yeah. had, a, had a nightmare, didn't he? When he was here, I know there was other circumstances as well, but he's just the first one that springs to mind. So many players don't like their surroundings and that obviously affects their performance, doesn't it? Yeah, and th- those are more difficult things to kind of quantify, but certainly things that, I'm sure clubs are aware of and that I know that they do their best to make sure that the player is only focused on football. But mm. you know, where we can think of a, an objective way or a more of a mathematical way to to quantify what you'd expect a, a player to how they how they perform on after they've made the transfer, um, is kind of the crux of what we did with the analysis. But the Timo Werner one, I was one actually I was I had in mind, um, especially because so the the Bundesliga, for example, is quite a similar league in terms of league difficulty I guess right you know you think about the big five top five European leagues that you know the Premier League and the Bundesliga are both within those so there's not too much to to compare in terms of the the strength of the league but then you've got to factor in the fact that for example the uh, the Premier League actually has fewer fewer average goals per team per game than really um, than the Bundesliga as well so you think about Werner that he might be struggling a little bit because the likelihood that he's actually going to get goals within that league is just slightly lower as well and he has had a bit of a shocker as well he actually saved a yeah. goal didn't he but all <laughs> all those aside there's do you know what I mean there's there's certain elements like that where you think okay well let's take all of these factors into consideration and try and map what we would think um, a player might do when they make the transfer yeah I guess with everything that we're about to explore and talk about I guess you can't always account for the facts as well players just dip in form don't they you know you can't necessarily attribute that to to ironclad reasons can you sometimes i saw a really a really funny comment a tweet by someone i can't remember who it was uh which was a little bit harsh but it was saying timo Werner's struggling with the the, the the size of the gap between the goalkeeper's legs in the uh, in the premier mm, league yeah. <laughs> i was like oh bless him come on i know well there's, there's all those factors as you say and i think 
something which we've always said on the pod is that you need to think about bigger sample sizes. You know, we're talking about Timo Werner after what is in reality a handful of games. Like, let's judge him over a season, two seasons, yeah, yeah. and then see how he does. Same with Kai Havertz. I know that he's, you know, he was tearing it up for Leverkusen last season and he's not quite settled yet. And I know that we could even, you know, talk about the fact that Chelsea have got a lot of players who aren't necessarily similar in profile, but they would fit into similar positions. Like there's, like Lampard's yeah. got a, too, too many decisions to make of how to, to fit that. And he's still trying to find his way with that. So the fact that Werner and Havertz as two players coming from the Bundesliga are kind of the victims of that a little bit is, is partly to do with the team style as well as the league. Absolutely. Well, let's get into uh, how you started with this thing, because obviously to me, trying to assess everything we've just said uh, seems like a bit of a Herculean task. I don't know where I'd start, obviously, but I'm not the uh, the analytical one amongst us. So, so whereabouts did you sort of start? What did you what did you look at first? Well, yeah, I mean, so this, as I say, it's been for, for quite a while and I knew that it was going to be, I knew it's something that which has already been discussed within the analytics world. It's not something that is a new question it's just something that is a, a challenging question and other organizations and potentially clubs have, have looked into this as well um but what i first did and i put this in my my blog was that i thought okay well i'll speak to some organizations just just email some put some feelers out um and i got a reply from from soccermen who are a really good organization who do a lot of analytical work and the reply the crux of the reply and the key sentence they said was you've actually touched upon one of the hardest but in our view most important tasks that football analytics world need to work on so <laughs> so with both hands one being that it's a really really important one but one being that it's it's a really challenging one so yeah i think the the key thing from from the work that i did with the club is that we we knew it would be a complex one but we just wanted to make sure that we improved upon our knowledge from the maybe the current practices that were being used there's so many complex you know you could use artificial intelligence and machine learning all these really yep. complicated methods but sometimes you can try and find a, a more simple way of doing it to still get something of an edge so that was the the key approach that that we took in in the analysis sweet so in football terms then let's for the listeners be exactly clear what the challenge is and what exactly you're trying to get out of this analysis in terms of uh, an end goal in terms of recruitment yeah so i guess across all clubs they're, they're looking maybe internally uh in sort of the domestic leagues but also looking internationally at, at players to to sign but as we spoke about how do you know how well when you sign a player from a different country for example how well they're gonna they're gonna do adapt and, and adapt yeah and that comes from maybe the league that they were in previously and maybe how strong that league is is before so the example that i used in in the blog was um casper juncker who was the the leading scorer in in the Norwegian league um and he scored 27 goals and he was on an unbelievable rate of of over a goal per 90 minutes um for Is this last season or is this currently? For the se- season that's just finished because as we spoke about with with Eric Eric Laurie um when we spoke about his his work at Molde the Norwegian league runs in sort of calendar years so it's now of finished course, yes. in in 2020. Um so for Bodo Glimt he was he was absolutely tearing it up. So I guess that over a goal every 90 minutes is an unbelievable rate where you think, okay, well, if we sign, if a Premier League club or, you know, a championship club signed him, then we'd be getting a player who's scoring over a goal a game. This is great. But then you've got to account for the fact that the, the Norwegian league, um, and sorry to say this to Eric as well, but the Norwegian league is um, is weaker than the championship in terms of, yeah, of course. The, the league strength, the league quality. Um, the, the style is also very different as well. And we can come on to that. So you think, okay, well, 
we need to take that into account that he's not going to maybe score a goal a game and we need to adjust what we'd expect his goal scoring output to be if he were to move to the championship now that makes complete sense logically but we're trying to find a way to to say okay well if he if he's not going to score over a over a goal a game in ours in our league that we sign him to then what is what can we expect him to score and trying to pin a more objective way to look at that rather than the common sense method which is okay well it's a weaker league so if he came to us we're stronger and he's, he's not going to get as many opportunities to score that is true but can we also think of a more objective way to map that and i guess by what margin as well yes isn't it because you know easy to say he probably won't score as many but if you can sort of put your finger on a little bit more clear roundabout where he might score in terms of numbers that'll give you a better idea as to whether it would be worth it or not because obviously he's not going to score a goal per game every 90 minutes well who knows i mean well, well this, this is exactly yeah and you're absolutely right in that who knows so he may do he may well yeah. do but i think more often than not this is where we're using these this is an analysis which is to predict what might happen to better understand it but we're not we can't absolutely be sure because you might have a player who might be unbelievable and then might be a complete flop in the in the league that they go to or they might be an average player in their previous league and then they might absolutely fly um in the new yeah. league so that we we can't be sure but if we can try and think of a a better way to predict what we think will occur based on objective information then and that can only be a plus in your recruitment strategy absolutely well so far that 100 percent makes sense and you know clear reason for why that would be useful and why you would do that uh the how is a little bit more complicated uh you know how how would you even begin to sort of try and measure that yeah i think that's a really good question i think that's the the real challenge in terms of of answering this um i think just quickly just going back a little bit into in terms of the the ways of which we can look at this um and we spoke about that kind of common sense method of thinking okay well we know that this league is typically going to be weaker than ours so we can say that he's probably going to for example in this Juncker example he's probably going to score fewer goals when he comes to our league I think there's there's another way I guess which many people have, have done and to, to great success in terms of mapping using previous information of mapping let's say let's go back to the, the example we said with the Bundesliga so there's been plenty of players who have gone from the Bundesliga let's say to the Premier League for, for simplicity's yep. sake that there's been many examples of that so you can maybe use that sample of people who have gone from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and then say okay based on what we know from exact transfers that have gone from League A to League B we understand that okay this is what's going to change in terms of their performance metrics but yep. I guess so that's maybe looking at it in a more objective way as I mentioned but then what about a player who might be from a league where they've not really made too much of a connection from league A to league B. So let's say the example that I give in the, in the blog is what happens if we go from uh, recruit a player from the Brazilian Serie A league to the Premier League. Which doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. So you might have maybe a sample of, I'm making this up, but let's say two players. Now yeah. two players to go from to predict what might happen for a future uh, recruitment um, of a player isn't very reliable so we need to look how can we look beyond the data that we have of examples of of data that we have from people making a transfer from one league to another to inform how they then might transfer from from any league to any league does that kind of make sense yeah yeah 100 100 so we need to think of an analysis which will allow us to do that and this is where it comes to to answer your sort of question is that the the how 
um, of which we did that was was using a uh, regression analysis. But before I go into to the regression and how I kind of went about it, I think it's it's important to take another step as well. So I spoke about how we should be able to, through the, the analysis, be able to predict how a player might fare from one league to another beyond the information and the data that that we might have. Um, yeah, I think it's also important to look at it a lot more bespoke in terms of, okay, so a player's going from this league to that league. Okay, so you can base it on the league strength. But yep. it's a bit unfair to compare how a centre forward might do going from one league to another compared to a central defender, for example. Yes. Because it, it's, it's apples and oranges, isn't it? They're, they're being asked to perform very different jobs essentially and be judged on different things and being judged on different things exactly and even within the position as well then if we were to to maybe adjust everything of we use the example of the the goals there that with the with the younger example that you were scoring over a, a goal a game uh, in the Norwegian league and we'd taper that for if you were to move to the championship for example but Goals is a completely different metric and currency to, let's say, the number of aerial duels, the number of headers yes. that he's that he's performing as well. So is it also fair to adjust the numbers of aerial duels and goals in the same way based on the strength of the league? It's it's not because, it's, as you said, it's completely different um, yeah. metrics that they're using. So I think the, the, the new analysis that we did, which again I outlined in the blog, is to create more of a a bespoke specific adjustment so don't just look at it on okay well any player going from league a to league b will get this adjustment all players and all metrics we're just gonna maybe take 10 percent off what we expect them to do that's that doesn't seem fair and that's not very accurate so we need to think of a, an accurate way a bespoke way to adjust it for every position so that difference, for example, between centre forward and central defender um, and for each metric as well. So that how much they're likely to differ in their, if it's a striker, in their number of goals versus their number of headers, it needs to be taken into account as well. Fantastic. I mean, it sounds like a bit of a task, Mark. It sounds, um, it's not simple, is it? Yeah, no, it, it, it's not simple, but it's it's the only way that we could potentially kind of get the edge of to understand what a player's likely to do when they move from from one league to another and the the how was was to use this this regression analysis i feel like i'm about to learn another uh, another technical term because i still remember what pca means so i feel like i'm uh, about to expand my my analytical vocabulary okay so again no pressure then from from me to to make sure that you understand <laughs> this but um needs to keep you on your toes mark yeah. Well, essentially, a regression analysis in its really simple form is looking, it's a statistical way of looking at relationships between certain variables or certain okay. certain things. So in this case, the the change in a player's performance metric, let's say goals, the change in their goals between the two seasons and mm -hmm. the change in league quality. So is it that the harder the league the the bigger the change in your in your goals for example yep so looking at that relationship essentially and what it does is fit a quote-unquote model so it's essentially a, a what it does is just fit a line on, on yep. a graph for example which accounts for all of those uh, examples from the data that we do have and it allows you to predict maybe what might happen in the future so it looks at what has already happened with the information that you have it fits a model to it which allows you to then look beyond the information that you have 
to um, to make inferences and, and predictions about the future. So that comes back to what I said about that Brazilian example, that we don't have yeah. that much data for people going from Brazil to England. But this sort of method can allow you to do that just in terms of it, that league has a certain difficulty and it's going to a league with this certain difficulty. How can we statistically look to see how that might change? And just in my really simple terms, so when you say the data that we do have, is is that how many players have come over in the history of, you know, however the big the sample size is and how many goals that they've scored? Is that is that what you mean? Is that how you sort of get that number? Yeah, and again, we're talking about a whole host of metrics. We're going to keep it simple for, for goals, for example, yeah, yeah, looking for this across instance, yeah. all the instances. But... Um, so what we did in the analysis, we had 30, and this is again in, in the blog, but we had 30 leagues worth of information. All the players who had transferred from within those 30 leagues, who had transferred um, with, from the 2018-19 season into the 2019-20 season. All of the transfers, yeah. and we looked at their, the, each players who had made the transfer before and after they'd made that transfer. So you can then look at that difference between the two leagues. Across multiple metrics as well, so multiple different actions. Across many, many multiple metrics, which is where this, wow. this new option that I sort of came, came to comes about. So that create, creating that bespoke um, adjustment based on the position of the player and yeah. based on all of their metrics, rather than just saying, well, that league's stronger, so we're going to just knock them knock them down by 10%. Quality. So, um, yeah, that, that's the crux of the analysis where you're looking at information that's already happened to make predictions about the future. And that's that's the yeah. crux of what a regression analysis is. I guess just keeping it super simple, I'm not going to go into to a numerical example for mm -hmm. the purpose of keeping it confidential for the, the club that I've been working for, but also just for simplicity. But I think if we maybe just sort of considered a couple of things. So I spoke a lot about league difficulty, but then we also yeah. mentioned about league style as well. So taking mm -hmm. into account a number of different things there of, um, well, depending on the metric, let's say it is uh, assists per 90. You've got to then also account for how many goals there are in that league as well to, okay. to also determine how many assists you're going to get. So basically the two things that we put into the analysis were strength of the league and the style of the league. Okay. Okay, so if we continue with the the Casper Juncker example which we've we've had throughout the episode and is included within within the blog, we can think of a objective way to to maybe look at his his change in the number of goals that he scored. So, as I mentioned, I think it was it was 27 goals that he scored last last season. Would we expect yep. him to to score the same number of goals if he was to go to the championship? Probably not. So what but what would that be? What would that number be? And what would we take into account? So this this model from the regression that I mentioned can provide us with this this clear idea of maybe how what the change might be yeah so taking into account that the fact that it is a higher quality league in the championship compared to, to the norwegian league and the fact that in the championship there is a um i think it's like a 33 percent lower number of goals than the norwegian league so there's going to be fewer opportunities right. to score and it's going to be a more difficult league so both of those factors taken into account using this this analysis we can then look to to see what what the output might be um i see and keeping it as simple as just saying that you would expect to see a lower number of goals that that casper juncker would score if he were to move to the championship now the good thing about the analysis is that we can take into account so many different leagues the 30 leagues that i mentioned and maybe look to see where would he be more suited in another league so the, mm -hmm. another example that i gave was that if he moved to to the netherlands so he moved to the eredivisie this league has a similar league quality to the to the championship so that's taking one thing into account in terms of league strength but 
there are a comparable number of goals in the Eredivisie compared to Norway as well. So it would yep. be a slightly lower uh, adjustment that we'd maybe give to, to Juncker if he moved to the Eredivisie because, yes, it's it's a more difficult league that he's going into, but there's also more opportunities to score on average yeah, yeah. in that league as well. So taking into account all of those things, we can start to to map that out. And then, as I mentioned, we just give an example of a centre-forward and goals because it's a nice, easy, simple one. But the whole mm-hmm. point of the analysis is that it allows you to do that for every position on the pitch and also for all these different metrics. So we might not need to adjust it too much for Juncker, again, using the example of headers. So he might not be too much of a change in terms of the number of aerial duels that he wins. For a centre-back, you might need to adjust the number of headers going into the championship from the Norwegian league a lot more because they're more likely to to engage in aerial duels and that sort of thing Mm. so the whole point of it is as I said that you can create more of a bespoke way to to look at that adjustment of a player going from one league to another per position and per metric and that creates more of an accurate idea of what you'd expect to see the performance of the player when they do make the transfer and clubs presumably can say right we want to identify uh, a player like this, oh, this person looks like they're quite good. Hang on, we want this is how we're going to try and play next season. This is obviously basic terms. You know, say it's a winger, right? We want to, you know, we're going to play really wide, get lots of crosses in, etc. And they can then look at a winger from multiple different leagues and see how that would then adapt into the championship. Say, yeah, yeah, I think that's that a good example of it. I think that also takes into account the team style as well, which I think is something yeah. which is important as well. And we spoke about all these different unquantifiables of how well they can settle into the country, and these are all important things, but. You can keep going further and further with this, and I think age is another one that you could account for as well. If they're, you know, eighteen years old and they're going to a new country, and their metrics uh, may be a bit more inconsistent versus someone who's maybe twenty-seven, and you can understand that they're quite stable in their in their style. Um, yeah. Then that that can also maybe be taken into account. But yeah, I think the effect of team style as well is that there's obviously variance within a league of how many goals a team uh, a team scores. So you must take that into account as well. And I think that going back to that Timo Werner example is quite a, a good one in that the, the league strength between Bundesliga and Premier League, for example, isn't too dissimilar as we've spoken about. Yes, there's a slight change in the number of goals in the league on average, but also the team style between Chelsea this season and RB Leipzig, when Werner was coming off the left, there was loads of space for him to run into, wasn't it? And mm. the likes of Yusuf Poulsen was was holding it up and playing him in and stuff. And that's yeah, yeah. far more different now when Werner doesn't necessarily have as much space to run into. Maybe uh, teams are playing a bit more deeply against Chelsea. Yes. Is that he's not able, the team style is so different that Werner's definitely having to adapt. And that's something we come back to mm. of giving him more time to adapt to the style. But that's basically another step that you could maybe go go into. Fantastic, mate. Once again, I think you've outdone yourself. And I know I'll say that on uh, <laughs> every time we do a, a, a pod on one of your pieces of work. But yeah, really interesting and really useful that. Uh, and to the listeners, we will put Mark's blog, as we mentioned, uh, in the bio of this episode. So definitely go and take a look at that. Right then, Mark. Oh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was... Uh, exceptional work on your part and also I think very useful considering we're now in the uh, in the January transfer window so very aptly timed back back into 2021 with a bang as we uh, as we as we aim to do yeah I do I do think it was quite timely that wasn't my intention for it to be so perfectly <laughs> timed on this one just as the January transfer window opened um but no yeah it's it seems to be a good one to come back to in the in the new year absolutely so what do you want to have a look at next week well let's continue as uh, as we mean to go on let's carry on with the whole 
January transfer window. And I think it'd be a great opportunity to use uh, the 23 toolbox. Um, I don't know if I've told you right, yes. but we are uh, in association with 23. Um, I heard that somewhere. Yep. Yeah, but uh, I think it would be a really good <laughs> opportunity to use their content toolbox. And specifically, we've used it before, but I think this is really timely. Really good opportunity to use their uh, discover element of of their toolbox which we've spoken about before as i say but um it's it's a really good way to look at a certain player target player that you you might have um and see who's very similar to them in their in their style and in their metrics so i think we should uh, work through maybe a couple of examples of some players who uh, some premier league teams might be looking to to recruit and see whether we can we can help them Fantastic. And obviously the Premier League managers will all be listening to the Football Fan Analytics <laughs> podcast, so I'm sure we can uh, make a few suggestions. Just before we go, I was thinking it's been quite a while since we've done a, a little quiz. So I, uh, I thought, uh, as, as we're back for 2021, Mark, I thought I'd treat you to a little quiz. And on the topic of January transfers, I was thinking back to what I could do and I thought, hmm, who's the biggest transfer of uh, 2020 last year? in January and obviously I did the one I came to was Bruno Fernandes yes. obviously probably the most notable yeah. so I thought I'd uh, I'd test you on a few see if you can remember if I give you the year the and the club that someone moved to to the Premier League right. fr- moved from to the Premier League for how much money if you could guess who uh, who it was all those years ago so the first example for instance would be an easy one for you 2011 Ajax to Liverpool 22.8 million <laughs> Right, so Luis Suarez. Okay, I thought exactly. I thought you were going to say I have to tell you how much they went for because I thought that's... Oh no, that'd be really hard. Yeah, okay. I don't expect you to know that. All right, I guess also a few of these examples back in the two thousands, the fees are totally different. So, question number two: two thousand six, Spartak Moscow to Man United, seven point five million. Oh, got him! Oh, Spartak Moscow. What year? Two thousand six. Two thousand and six. Oh, I thought this wouldn't, was an wouldn't easy Wouldn't have been one. a Manu Vidic, would it? It is indeed. Oh, is it? it is yeah, indeed. Okay. Two out of two. 2007, New England Revolution to Fulham, two million. New England... What year, sorry? 2007. 2007? I was going to say Clint Dempsey. It is, is it? Clint Dempsey. Oh, yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're three for three. Okay, 2014, Benfica to Chelsea, 21 million. I keep not listening to what you're saying. 2014. <laughs> I'm saying it clearly. 2014. 2014. Benfica to Chelsea. 21 million pounds. Sterling. Not really. It's not really. Um, <laughs> 20, oh, people are probably screaming this. It, it, the pressure gets to you, doesn't it? Um, well, this is the easier half of the quiz. So, that, you know. I just I, I just need a second. I'm on. Um, give me the position. That's your one clue. Central defensive midfield. Um, hang on, who was it? It's Chelsea. Was it Matic? Yeah, 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 Matic. Yeah, okay. I also, to be fair, before I looked these up, I didn't know he played for Benfica before. Yeah. Okay, this one is. Uh, is this hard or easy? I'm not sure. Another 2014, uh, Le Havre to Leicester, 2014, four hundred thousand uh, pounds. Riyad Mahrez. Yes, yes, five for five. Uh, right, if you get this one, I'll be very impressed. 2005 Rangers to Newcastle 8.5 million Rangers to Newcastle This is a good one Rangers to Newcastle 2005 2005 there were big expectations and it might fall under the category of a bit of a flop this one Oh Can you give me the position Center back Center back 
Newcastle, 2005. This isn't good. Uh, good podcast of just how much I'm just silent here. <laughs> so, and people, for the sake of people screaming at me, you're gonna have to you give me the answer. Jean Alain Boomsong. Ah, oh, yeah, Boomsong. Yeah. I used to buy him on Football Manager all the time. Yeah, I no, I wouldn't have got that. So it's a good job you I told me. He was Championship Manager back then. Okay, two more. 2016 Locomotive Moscow to Everton, 13.5 million. Um, Locomotive Moscow to Everton. Yes. Again, I think this one falls under the flop category. I'd say. Oh. Um... Oh, you'll kick yourself. It's just the, it's just the timing of having to. If I don't get it within the first two seconds, I'm like, well, I've got to just quickly say something because we're on a podcast. Um, you're gonna to have to tell me. <laughs> Umar Nyase. Nias, yeah. Nias, Nias. Nias. Is that yeah. how I say it? Okay. Yeah. Good right. Final one. If you get this, I'll uh, give you all the money I own. 2007, Shakhtar Donetsk to Wigan, 3.5. Shakhtar. Um... This this one was a championship manager legend. He made 23 appearances for Wigan under three managers and scored no goals. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Figueroa. Don't know. No, good guess though, good guess. If anyone at home gets this one, I'll be super impressed. It was Julius Agahawa. Do you remember him? That's it. That's as if I would have got that. That's how. Well, I started you off with Luis Suarez, mate. So I had to give you some that you yeah. weren't going to get. I enjoyed that, though. And there's probably loads of people who are shouting uh, while they're listening to this. That I should have got it. Um, I think you got seven out of nine. So well done. That's good. I'll take good that. Going. I'll take that. Anyway, enough enough frivolity on uh, on quizzes. I we'll, uh, we'll let your listeners get back to your day. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast today. As ever, it's a new year, but we still have the same email address and the same Twitter handle. You know where to find us. We're at fanalytics.pod at gmail.com. Uh, or if you want to get us on social media, we are at fanalyticspod. Uh, hopefully as we said at the start of the episode we've got more regular content coming for you now uh, now that we're back with a bang and we uh, will hopefully see you next time have a great week sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.